Welcome to the King's Church Amersham podcast. For more information and resources, go to www.kca.church. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. We're starting this morning a, a new series. Uh, we've entitled it Gym Class, and we're looking through the book of James. And we're diving into this little book in the Way back in the end of your New Testament, if you've got a Bible this morning, you might like to turn to it. It's one of my favorite books because I think it's uniquely practical and direct in terms of how it teaches us to live. Our tradition believes that James was the brother of Jesus, and it would mean that James didn't just hear Jesus teach sermons, but actually he watched him live from a very young age. He saw how he lived. And I think you can feel it in this book as you read it. Just someone who takes how to live life seriously. And we'll be kind of diving into it and we'll be asking questions, serious questions about life. How do you deal with anger? How do you, how do you deal with relationships? How do you find healing or hope in a difficult situation? I just want to encourage everyone today that if you have a chance over these next few days to read this book and read it again and let it... Let it let it permeate you. So we're going to look today at the very beginning of the book, just at those very first four verses in chapter one. And the question that I want to look at today is this. How do you get through what feels ungetthroughable? How do you get through a situation, a problem that feels ungetthroughable? If that's a word. You know those situations where it feels like you just want to give up or give in? You just, you just can't keep going. And we're going to talk this morning about real moments, real things, the times you lost your job in the worst timing or a situation that felt so unfair. Maybe financial debt you're in and you've, you've never feel like you're going to get out of it. Or maybe a family member has hurt or abandoned you or turned their back on you. Or you've had that diagnosis that's left you feeling like life is going to be difficult, harder, shorter. Or maybe you've lost a loved one or you've experienced some significant tragedy or crisis. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to keep going. This is the question I want to wrestle with today. It's a question that the human race has always wrestled with. It's always been there. The first century world in which Sir James was writing this letter begins, well, when he begins the letter, he says, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes of the nations scattered, greetings. Now that phrase, scattered among the nations, tells us a little bit of the story, the situation which James is encountering as he writes. James is not writing to a gathered together doing really great kind of church. James is writing to a scattered, dispersed, where is God in this kind of community? And into that community, James pens these amazing words. Listen to what he says. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. When you face trials, consider it's something to be encouraged about 
when you struggle. I'm guessing some of us are feeling a little bit bothered by that statement. It's not that comfortable, is it? I mean, just imagine saying this to a loved one who's going through a difficult situation. You know what? Oh my gosh, you should be so happy that you're going through that trauma. Or you're, how exciting that you've got that difficult health diagnosis. What's more, James doesn't just say, if you face trials. He says, when. When you face trials. In other words, pain, difficulty is coming your way, whether you like it or not. There's no secret self-help recipe or silver bullet that's going to help you bypass it. It's coming your way, whether you like it or not. Now, James knew this firsthand. I think he grew up in poverty. He was probably one of seven children. Many scholars believe his father, Joseph, died early in his life, leaving Mary with seven kids and mouths to feed in a home to provide as a widow. He was the brother of Jesus. How many times do you think he heard this question? Why can't you be more like your brother? How irritating would that have been? You know? So what is James doing here? Well, it's this really important word. If you look at the text, which you often might miss at the beginning, and it's this word, consider. He says, just consider this. I have a thought for you. I have an idea. In other words, I have a kind of framework I want you to think about as you enter trials or when you enter trials. Don't just go with how you feel about it. Rather, what you do is you think about it. How do you interpret it? Why? Because what you believe, what you think, what your framework of thinking or how you see adversity in this world will determine actually how you respond to it. There's a psychologist named Albert Ellis who came up for a model of thinking. He called the ABC model. It's for how we, we respond to challenges or adversity, how we go through it. And he says there's always, there's always an A, an activating event, a situation or struggle that comes your way. Then there's B, the belief. What do you believe about this? How do you interpret it? What do you make of it? And then three, there's consequences. Based on the belief about it, you make a choice, you make a decision what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with it? And what James is saying is whenever you face a difficulty, whenever you face a trial, I want you to consider not just the negative, where your mind goes immediately, if you like me, the frustration, the doubt, but consider there may be a different way to understand it. There may be something else you can believe about it that can actually give you hope, that can lead to very different consequences very different choices. Now I know this raises a question. Does this mean we're supposed to just enjoy our struggles? Does this mean we should seek out pain and suffering? Does this mean God wants us to go through difficulties? Well actually I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what James is saying at all. The Bible doesn't teach in any case that God wants people to suffer. To be clear about that. But James describes the joy. Joy is not 
the only experience, if you like, or it's not an exclusivity in those situations, but it's an intensity, it's a richness, it's a depth. In other words, you could be experiencing pain or frustration and still experience this joy he's talking about. Essentially, at the heart of it, I think he's inviting us to see our trials and our struggles differently. So I want to talk this morning about four ways, four different ways he invites us to frame up the unget-throughable, the struggles we face, in order that we might find the joy that he's talking about as he, as he writes this passage. So firstly, four things I think that trials, that struggles can, that can do. First one. Trials and struggles can reveal our true character. The word James uses for trial in the Greek is perisamos. It literally means a situation, a struggle, adversity that reveals one's true character. This happens to us all the time when we face adversity and we discover things about ourselves that we're not super comfortable with. Let me give you some examples. You get stuck in traffic and you begin to say things to other drivers that you'd never admit saying to anybody else. Someone gossips behind your back and then you go and gossip behind their back and you find out, gosh, I'm a little more vengeful than I ever thought I was. You see, the challenges of life don't just test us, but actually they reveal things about us. This is so often true for me. Under pressure, I find things going on in my own heart that I'm not that comfortable with. What I wish, that I wish weren't there. We discover the truths about ourselves that actually we'd rather not accept. Paul Tillich, the philosopher, puts it like this. He says, suffering takes people beneath the business of life and reminds them that they are not who they thought they were. Isn't that true? Part of what James is saying here, I think, is I want you to consider an occasion for joy. If nothing else, you discover a truth about yourself that you may not want to admit, that you stop pretending or believing that you're actually something you're not. See, maybe part of the challenge of trial is that we face not just the problem in front of us, but the problem rooted in us. More often than not, it's about the problems in here. See, if trials don't just test us, they reveal us. And in many ways, you could say they almost... They could be seen as almost a form of God's mercy. It's God saying, I'm not going to leave you, as you just as you are. Whether that's cold-hearted, arrogant, impatient, greedy, proud, selfish. I'm not going to leave you like that. I'll let you go through this trial if for no other reason that you discover about those things about yourself and that you can change. Our trials reveal our true character. 
They do something else if we let them. Listen to how he writes this verse out. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because, and this is the why, you know that the testing of your faith, and the word testing means purifying, the redeeming of your faith produces something. It produces perseverance. In other words, when you go through them, you gain something. You get something that you wouldn't otherwise have without a struggle. You grow in a way that you wouldn't otherwise grow when you grow in a struggle. You gain the ability to get through the unget-throughable when you come out the other side of a struggle. Now this is really important for a number of reasons. First and foremost, let's agree on this. We often don't, we, most of us have a very low adversity threshold. Some of us doubt the existence of God if Amazon don't deliver our parcel on time. <laughs> you know, we often believe we should be in control of our lives. Life should go our way. We cry out unfair if life looks different. We need to grow in perseverance. See, perseverance is not about staying on top of all your problems. As much as we feel like, we, well, much as the culture says to us, really, that's what life should like, look like. I should feel on top of all my problems. Perseverance actually comes from two Greek words. It comes from the word remain and under. To remain and be under. So much of life is like that, Right? We remain under the stress, the burden, the weight, the challenge, and we feel like we are carrying and carrying and carrying. Sometimes, sometimes the best picture of faith is actually just, just hanging in there. I have, a, I have a friend who, he went through a really difficult end to a relationship, and it was really difficult to watch, and the pain was great, not just because the loss of the end of the relationship, but because the outcome didn't match. All the effort he invested in it, all the prayer, all the ways he tried to honor this relationship, all the ways he tried to do things differently, all the, yet the relationship, it didn't work out. And he said to me words at the end, he said, the words I'll never forget, he said, I did try to do everything right, but what do I have to show for it? I wonder if you've ever asked that. I think I've done everything right. What do I have to show for it? I went to church. I was faithful. I prayed. I was in the small group. I gave. I was doing all the right things. But what do I have to show for it? What was so interesting, actually, was I could see what he couldn't see. I could see in all the ways, actually, that through it, or out the other side of it, he was a stronger person. He couldn't see that, but... He, he had grown in humility. He could take in like this commitment to his thought life way more seriously. He was more truthful, more patient, more humble. But the problem was that the hurt was so deep, he couldn't see the way that the trial had made him actually stronger. And these are the moments when many of us want to give up. We want to give up because we believe, God, if you don't get in here and change my circumstances, it's a sign you don't care. 
or you're not even there. But here's the thing, and I don't say this, say this lightly. God is way more concerned. He's way more concerned with your character than your circumstances. And sometimes he allows us to struggle. He may even allow us to have difficulty. He may even allow us to fail. But it's not a sign that he doesn't care. Actually, in a mysterious kind of way, it's a sign that he does. So we can persevere. So we can grow. So we can get stronger. You know, it's interesting when we look back, when we look back at our situations and our struggles in life, it's hard to see in the middle of it. But we know looking back how actually we grew in the difficult things. David Brooks kind of frames this. He says, when most people think about the future, they dream up ways that might have them live happier lives. But notice this phenomenon. When people remember crucial events that they say formed them, they don't usually talk about happiness. It's usually the ordeals that have been the most significant. Most people shoot for happiness, but feel formed through suffering. We aim for happiness, but we grow when we face challenges and trials. James is saying, consider it a joyful thing, a good thing. That your life, that God is not finished with you. He has work for you to do. You can still get stronger. You can still get stronger. So trials reveal you and trials grow you. And believe it or not, they can actually draw you closer to Jesus. There's an amazing kind of picture of this in the Gospels. John 9, a disciple encounters a man struggling and a man who has been born blind. And there are difficult questions about, Rabbi, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? He was born blind. In other words, who can we blame? Who's at fault here? How... How do we get the why? How do we know why this is happening? And Jesus replies, he says, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, but this happened so that God's works or the works of God might be displayed in him. This is happening so that the works of God might be displayed in him. These are the words of Jesus. In other words, sometimes there isn't a good why in one sense, but there is also something at the heart of every trial, every difficulty. The work of God is always present. Jesus himself is right there in your pain. He's in it. In those trials, God shows up. It's that heartbreak, that sense of abandonment, that sense of loss in that pain. There's doubt. But God is in that. That is where God is. 
And I think our trials have a mysterious way of drawing us closer to Jesus. When we need him the most. See, no one will be able to tell you why a lot of the time. Why there are tragic deaths. Why people struggle with pain, loss or heartbreak. But I can tell you this, I've experienced it and so have others. Your pain, your pain is not where God is absent. It's where he wants to be most present. With you in the midst of it. Now I know in this moment you doubt it. I know you, perhaps you don't believe it. I know you think, oh gosh, it's just a pastor telling me the stuff that we're supposed to believe. I'll get out of here and it will be hard. It will be real. God is there. He is. This last week I spent some time with um, a lady called Zena, who some of you will know. Uh, she's part of the church at King's. She has been for a few years. 18 months ago she was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, a, a cancer in the brain. The diagnosis is, I guess it's, the, the term they've given her to live is short. And I recorded a conversation with her because she wants to share a story. And uh, she's not sure how much time she has now. And it's been a trial. And you'll be able to see the whole thing soon and it's really worth watching. But over the course of a conversation, she just shared this and I just want to play this now, Jen, is that okay? It's just there, it's everywhere. It's, you just got to look when you see him. Mm. Um, and you can either choose to look and see him or choose not to, would be my view. Yeah. Um, seeing loads of things like, you know the scripture about my God will provide all your needs. Yeah. And I've had amazing things on such tiny practical levels, like been lying in bed thinking, I don't think I can walk Billy today. And then my, f my phone's pinged. I'm going to come and take Billy for a walk for you. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to pop in with some dinner. You know, literally your needs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, So for somebody else who's struggling, because they're going through something challenging, yes. what would you say, Zina? Trust him, even when it's, it doesn't seem right. You know, even it seems completely logical. Because, of course, I think people go, well, do you think you're going to be healed then? Well, I've got no idea. And, and that does seem quite incredulous, if I'm honest. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I guess so. Um. One day, at, one step at a time. Yeah. You don't, I don't feel a good Christian. Um, I think, oh, I'm not a very good Christian and I, I should be doing this and I should be, sure I should be on my knees 10 hours a day and this, that and the other. Um, so that can be funny. You know, how am I meant to be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then going, trying to remind myself, because I know I'm hard on myself, with the... Um, Corrie ten Boom, wrestle, don't wrestle. Yeah. Nestle, don't wrestle. Yeah, yeah. And just, li literally just that, one step at a time, and he's there. Yeah. Mum said a wonderful thing. When, when my mum was ill, and they came down and prayed at church one day spontaneously, and they said, more than what do you want God to do for you? 
which of course is a question he asked. Um, my mum went, and you'd expect to heal me, wouldn't you? You know, that's the... Mum went, I just want him to be with me every step of the way. Mm. And I remember at the time that that hit me so massively, like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's real faith. Almost, I question myself that like I'm too peaceful about it. It's like, should you not be a little bit? Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and I'm not. Wow. Why do you think that is? My faith. I just think it's got to be faith, isn't it? It's just faith in action. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a rubber. It's a rubber hitting the road, and this isn't any. You can't get any more real a situation, can you? And you also can't get any more of a situation where God's so obviously in control. There's not a case of. Well, I really would like that job. Well, God doesn't want you to have it. Well, I'm going to go for it anyway. I've got no choice, have I? In this? <laughs> it's like, I have no choice at all, mm. you know? Mm. So it's so sort of, it's freeing. Really? Hmm. Yeah. It's in his hands. So. Exactly, it is in his hands. Yeah. Okay. Psalm 16, 5. Okay. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Our trials reveal us. They grow us. They draw us closer to Jesus if we let them. And fourthly and most importantly, our trials are not the last word. Because of Jesus, your trial, your challenge, your struggle, your pain doesn't have to have the last word. Whatever it is, no matter how long you've carried it, there is a finish line. Look how James phrases. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that your testing of your faith produces, it produces something, perseverance, let that, if you like, perseverance finish, finish its work so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, something deeper is going on. Notice James doesn't describe the finishing line in terms of circumstances. James doesn't say, well, one day your marriage will be perfect. One day your job will be perfect. One day your kids will be perfect. One day you'll... One day, he says, you will be perfect. Whole, complete, mature, not lacking a thing. See, something more important is going on than your struggle. Something's more important is going on than the challenge... It's you that is at stake. It's your heart that's at stake. It's your eternity that is at stake. At the end of the day, that's what this challenge that's facing you actually is really about. It's about you, who you are, your heart, your life, your will, your character, the stuff that you take from this life into the next 
Sometimes we experience pain we don't understand. Sometimes we experience challenges that might reveal us, grow us, draw us closer to us. But it also, also it means in every one of those trials, there is a promise embedded deep within it. And is this, God still has you. Even if you can't see it. Even if you can't feel it, he does have you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience trials of every kind, because God still has you. Do you believe? Do you see the belief framework, if you like? If you can grasp some of this, it can change your life. Consider it, find, experience something of God in this, whatever you face, because God has you, your life in his hands, and you can trust him. And you can ask him for help. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you're, right now, as you think about the burden you carry, you say, God, help me in that. Be with me in that. Perhaps you've never done that before. I encourage you to do that. I can't promise you how he'll answer, but I can tell you this, the pain that you're facing, it won't have the last word over your life. The struggle in your career, it's not the last word. The hurt in your heart that can't be shaken, it's not the last word. How do we get through the ungetthroughable? Well, it's because of Jesus. Because Jesus, who endured the greatest trial ever, the greatest suffering of all, he went to the cross. He was nailed to that cross. He was placed in a tomb. Three days later, he rose. He defeated sin. And he conquered death. I love how the the writer of Hebrews frames it. For the joy set before him, he got through. He endured the cross, scorning his shame, sat down on the right hand, the throne of God. For the joy, he faced the trial. For the joy, he went through the suffering. For the joy of being with you and you and you and I. He did it. He did it. Which is why we can and we should and we must persevere. It's why we can keep believing, keep trusting, keep hanging in there, keep surrendering, keep having faith. As the writer goes on to say, we must run the race. He had you in the beginning, he conceived of you at the beginning, and he has you at the end. But he has work to do. Let's pray. Jesus, we are before you now and we are carrying the weight of many burdens. Lord, I know I am. And Father, they they challenge us. They stretch us, Lord. They reveal us. They hurt us. God, sometimes we don't know how we're going to keep going. 
how we're going to get through the ungetthroughable. We don't know how, Lord, sometimes. Which is why today we come before you now, broken and needy, with our hands and our hearts open to you, not trying to be better than we are, but just who we are, asking for grace, asking for help, asking for guidance, asking for your mercy, Lord. Jesus, I pray that for everyone listening right now, you would enter into that pain. That problem, that frustration, that trial, you would enter them with your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Remind them. Spirit, remind them that you're there. That the Father is there. Reveal, remind, teach us, Lord, of the ways we need to grow. Remind us that you are there with us, making us stronger. Help us feel confronted, Lord, with the places we need to confess and change. Where character is being revealed, Father God, would you... Would you enlighten our minds today? Help us see it. God, we pray, we ask you to remind us to help us remember this trial, this challenge does not have to be the last word of our lives. Your cross is... Your promises are. We ask for strength, Lord God, today to keep going. Father, would you give us strength to persevere, strength to keep running, to run the race marked out for each of us. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you. Just on you right now, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, the one who will carry us through. Thank you for listening. For further podcasts or information, go to www.kca.church.